Yay, I'm not bleeding, I'm happy! Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, July 8th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 215. This is No Agenda. Feeling brilliantly amazing! And coming to you from the hilltop, Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And flying over the intranets... Internets and tubes here in Northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, in the morning to you. In the morning to everybody listening and to all ships at sea. And human resources participating live in the program. Are you all charged up and ready for another day in Gitmo Nation? I would say they are. I would hope. Hey. Because you know what's going on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. What's going no, on? No, what's important, though. Uh, uh, this is a test? FIFA. <laughs> the fix is so in. I well, love Well, right it. after we both picked the two teams. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. We nailed it, right? Either, that was a no-brainer. Well, no, actually, you, you thought it would be Holland-Germany in the finals, and Holland would win because of the bike thing. Yeah, and, right. And, 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 and I, you, and I, you beat me up the ante with the thinking. You took the same thought process and took it to, to Spain, which knocked off Germany, creating the, 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 the kind of interesting situation of Holland versus Spain. I have to give you the – I'm going to give you the award because I believe after listening to – and I have a clip, as a matter of fact well, – no, no. Before you get into it, let me just explain to people why we had this conversation. There's a lot of new listeners. We got some good ink in USA Today, so people might be checking in, going, what are these guys talking about? Uh, uh, I think that we have a consensus here that uh, most professional sports are rigged, and uh, the World Cup in particular, and that uh, I said Spain would have to win because the country is on the verge of rioting. There's historical documentation of countries winning that were on the verge of very bad times and the slaves revolting um and there's 20 percent unemployment and spain is completely completely hosed the netherlands of course get nation lowlands has not had a government for almost exactly one month now as their elections were held on june uh 9th so you know they they could use a little bit um and germany i think germany's strong they, they really don't need to win at all they don't need any help i, I will point out those the elites always like to laugh at us, John, when, when they put these things together, these rigged competitions. Do you know that in the Dutch uh, national anthem, uh, I believe the actual first verse goes, Wilhelmus of Nassau, am I of, am I of German blood? And then it goes on to say, a prince of orange I am uh, from the king of Spain, who I have always honored. And just to have Germany, Holland, and Spain all in that final kind of position, and then for those three names to be in the Dutch anthem, I just thought was, you know, a lovely little coincidence. Hilarious. (laughs) And you've got a clip to even throw some more. Well, I just want to make it clear that 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 this whole thing is hinted at in the um, in the in the coverage of of this event. If you listen to any of the coverage, of course, is you know one nothing. Score is ridiculous. Um, 
You, I, I don't have the clips in front of me. Let me take a look. Spain uh, FIFA is what I've got here. Yeah, that's the one. Play that, and you'll see. So you hear the hint in there that says to me that uh, so they're they're reporting. This is a long report. It came in that some woman is in Barcelona or someplace. I think it's Barcelona, and they're all they're they're not rioting like they would in the USA, but they're all jumping <laughs> up and down, having a great time. Everyone's wearing uh, the Spanish colors, and they're partying in the streets essentially. And she makes mention of the issue. Okay. Here we go. Well, let's get some reaction now. And where better to go than to Madrid? And Sarah Rainsford is there. And Sarah, just describe what it's like in the Spanish capital. Well, hopefully you can hear it here. There are tens of thousands of Spanish fans going crazy behind me here. They were confident going into this match. They always said that they had the best side, the best Spanish team in decades, and they believed they could win. This is their first World Cup semi-final. They thought they could win, even though this was against Germany, a very difficult team. And it was such a tense first half here. Spain having so much possession, but... Uh, oh, here we got one of the fans joining me for a moment. Spain having so much possession, but they couldn't score until the second half. And the crowd here, they went crazy. There are so many people here, so excited. Spain, of course, in economic crisis at the moment. This is the kind of good news that this country needs. The fireworks going off. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, uh, I, let me now, now I want to add something else to our theory because I picked uh, the Netherlands and you, again, picked Spain. I, I'm now thinking the following. You're going to take Netherlands into the finals and then you're going to punish them. Ooh. Because they don't have a government, there they can't take full part in the EU. That's right. They need they need to be slapped. They need to be so spanked. they will be beaten badly. Well, it won't be one nil. Well, the, well, so there's two ways it could go. Uh, I think yeah, it could it could be a total pandemonium, like four four to one. And by, the, and, and, and by the way, for a number of reasons, I wish Holland would win, but you know that's not what this program is about. Or very typical for the Dutch. If the fix truly is in, they will play uh, a nil-nil game, and they'll go into penalties after overtime, and uh, they always lose it on penalties. That's that's the Dutch are famous for that. They uh, they apparently always choke. Did you know, by the way, that they always choke? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the German psychic octopus predicted the Spanish victory over Germany. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> did you see that on? Uh... Yeah, <laughs> there's some octopus, and they throw like. Couple of clams in there, and then yeah, it's picked every game so far. <laughs> um, producer Trey sent me a note. He said, "Hey, you know, I I guarantee you the fix is in for Spain to win the World Cup. This is something we missed, John." He said, "I knew it at the beginning of their match against Argentina during the coin flip. Apparently, the referee flipped the coin in the air, caught it with one hand, slapped it on the back of the other hand. He lifted his hand to peek at the coin, and then it accidentally fell on the ground." He grinned sheepishly, bent over to retrieve it, and then pointed at the Spanish player. I mean, it, if that had happened at an American football game, wow. the, the fans would have been on the field. They would have killed the guy. They would have been on the field. You can't drop the toss and then point at the guy and say, you go. Oh, man. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, the two best teams, everybody, according to all the experts, and I'm not a big soccer well, Ar- expert, Argentina, for sure. And Argentina and Brazil were the two teams expected to play in the finals because they're the two best teams in the world. And they both lost to these European teams. And the whole thing is sketchy. Yeah. But this, this thing about, you know, let's get uh, Spain to keep from re- re- revolting. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's too obvious. I mean, the Netherlands, the Dutch can lose this game, and it's not going to mean that much. They're to not going. They're not going to protest. They're all completely subservient. They're not, yeah, not going to the do Spanish anything. Spanish need to win. So that. So I'm. I'm. I'm now switching sides. I'm taking. Uh, oh, oh, well, you have to forfeit like money. You can't just switch sides. I, I'm forfeiting the dollar we bet. Hmm. I had an exclusive interview on the stream uh, on um, what was it yesterday? Uh, yeah, John, with Bobby Eden. Yeah, yeah, we all listened to it over at the office. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah for those of you who haven't heard it, it's uh, still on the. Uh, it's on yeah, the stream. This, is, this woman is promising more than she can deliver. <laughs> she's the you official tell uh, story. She's the official porn princess of uh, of No Agenda and of the stream, and uh, she promised uh, to. Uh, uh, commit fellatio to all of her Twitter actually, followers. Actually, it said BJ. It, it, it didn't, which could mean a lot of different things. Well, she's she never actually used the word fellatio in her post. Now there's uh, the nine twenty four. But by the way, what difference does it make? Because Spain's winning. <laughs> That's why it's easy for she. She's in. She's in with <laughs> she's the elite. She, the she knows. She knows what's going on. Like ah, I can say whatever I want. I'm never gonna have to to dish it out. She has now like she has like thirty five thousand followers all of a sudden. That's a that's a great Twitter hack right there. It was a good one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that you want to get a, your numbers up? You know what to do. Oh, let me tell you, the, uh, the server was on fire when I put that interview up. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's. Maybe just turn the show into you know. Uh, well, uh, this is what I was thinking. It's like it's really great, but on the on the other hand, if we really just wanted to make money, we would just sell ads and have porn stars on. And no wonder yeah. Howard Stern's making a killing. That's it's, the way to go. It's so easy. <laughs> but we take the higher ground. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. So we have a couple of executive producers, so we should mention them before we continue. Yes. Our executive producer for this show is David Walsh, who actually uh, did a direct deposit uh, using uh, all the codes and things you need to send something to a bank. Oh, okay. And he um, uh, gave us 23456. Nice. $234.56. And so he's the executive producer, and the uh, associate is our is our artist, Sir Randy Asher. Oh, who is going to keep cropping up because he's you know in fact as time goes by, we're gonna to, you know he he gives us a piece of his uh, noagendastuff.com right website, uh, and so he gave us two hundred dollars. Um, and that's, and and that's from said, that's from sales from uh, no agenda. No, it's, it's a comment. He also added to. I think he pumped <laughs> up a bit on his own to get the uh, to get to the uh, so he can get the credit. Nice. Uh, he says this producership was inspired by Adams the DSC plus the uh, it includes a piece of the action that. Uh, well, good. So people are finally catching on that that three hours I do on Fridays. You know that there's some value there, and they should provide some value back to the cause. So those are our our people that uh, help. Oops. Oh, this is novel. Oh yeah. As Adam will explain. I'm sorry, John. Um, uh, you, you, you cut can... you, you cut out for a second there. Just uh... yeah, ten one two three four five yeah, six seven back. nine ten. Yeah, you're back. I don't know what happened. So uh, if anybody wants to be an executive producer and the show, uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA. There's details on there or, or, or uh, noagendashow.com. You can link from there or channeldvorak.com slash NA. And uh, you'll get an actual credit, as Adam will explain. Yes. Well, before, before we get into the actual credit, thank you for the cue, uh, I do want to mention that uh, we got a note from Alan from uh, noagendademographics.com. Uh, he wants to hold off on... Uh, 
doing more with the survey. He wants to tweak some of the questions. He wants to really start the whole thing over again. Now that we know that that it's actually pretty compelling, the information that came out of it. Um, so uh, I, I guess he doesn't want. He's not going to open it up until he's ready. And will you keep an eye on that, John? Because you're the you're kind of the numbers guy. I'm the numbers guy. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear you say. <laughs> yeah, he's the numbers guy and the ring guy. All right, David Walsh, thank you very much for being uh, the executive producer of episode 215. And Randy Asher, uh, and I believe... Uh, Sir Randy. We, yes, Sir Randy. Doesn't he get... Does he get a... He already had a knighthood, didn't he? I thought he had a knighthood. Yeah, he's Sir Randy. Sir Randy, We gave him right. a comp. He's our artist. He's our... <laughs> Him and Paul T are guys, our go-to guys. Lovely. Sir Randy Asher as uh, associate executive producer. It is absolutely true. Uh, I've talked to a couple people here in uh, in Hollywood, and they all say, you know, you, you're absolutely right. This is a, a fair credit, and people should absolutely put it on their resume. Now that we have been um, legitimized in print in USA Today, I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, you are just one of the... 400,000 listeners that we are credited to. The rest of you out there, you know what you have to do. you got to go out there and propagate the formula. Do it. Say it loud and proud. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Yes, we do. Especially referees at FIFA. Okay. Audience participation time. Say it with me now. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> oh, no one ever calls on that line. It can't be a right number. No, no, no. It's just, I don't even know why I have a home. Do phone. you have an extra line at your at your? Uh, yeah, I have a home tower. Phone. Yeah, at the tower. Yeah, I don't even know why. I have no idea. It's like, yeah, give me that too. Throw that into the package. Might as well take it. Triple into the triple play. So, uh, wow, yeah, that, that I think was, uh, was some of the really big news. I, uh, I was actually, I watched the game. Oh, someone's actually leaving voicemail. I watched uh, the last uh, 15 minutes of the game while I was in the, uh, what is it called? The Beverly Center. That's the huge mall on Beverly uh, here in Los Angeles. And uh, you're standing around with a bunch of a bunch of locals watching soccer. Well, they have a bar in the kind of in the food court and there was uh it was basically packed. <laughs> it was like, and, and believe me, the crowd was for Spain. No doubt about it. Well, you know, the funny thing is, at this time of year, there's really no real sporting action except some um, random baseball game. So people can, I, I can see where the, the timing is good for this game. I figured out, by the way, uh, why the Netherlands doesn't have a government yet. It, it took me a while, and I was like, what is taking so long? Because, you know, now, because uh, essentially Geert Wilders, uh, who... Uh, now, of course, is being uh, vilified, and he's, uh, oh, well, you know, anything but Geert, even though 25% of the voting public voted for him. Uh, the Christian Democrats lost. They've been running the country for the past eight years. They lost the most. They're down to, uh, I think, uh, 20, around in the 20-something uh, seats in the government, uh, percent, I should say. Uh, then you have the... Um, uh, the kind of middle right guys, the the I could say you call them the conservatives. Uh, they came out the the winners along with labor. So of course you've got the conservative and the let's just call it labor kind of right and left. And it's very, how are they going to work together? So they're trying to form a government. And the obvious uh, 
party to draw in would be Geert Wilders, and then you have a, a majority cabinet, and you can go and, and govern the country, but they don't want him in. And I figured it out. It's because the um, they need uh, they need to keep the same guy running the Justice Department, where all of the pedophile elites well, are here running we go the show. Pedophiles again. Well, have you you have not heard? I know you haven't because this is uh, I haven't actually seen this in print in English yet. Uh, remember, I told you about uh, Belgium, right? About what was going on there. Well, they. Uh, did a little search there at the Archbishop's uh, pad in Brussels. And gee, what did they find? Hundreds of pictures of two of the Dutroux uh, victims, Julie and Melissa. These are two eight-year-old girls. Uh, but uh, pictures of them being, uh, of their bodies, of their bodies being dug up. And he had confidential files that were only intended to be in court dossiers. So the archbishop is uh, in deep, deep, deep trouble, as is, I would have to say, the pope, who, remember, the pope came out and said, oh, this is wrong, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't do this, this is, uh, this is not humane, you can't just go and search somebody's house like this, and they find all of this evidence in the Dutroux, you've got to Google that, D-U-T-R-O-U-X, um, which, of course, is part of the huge pedophile ring rampant across uh, Europe and God knows how far. And I just want to say I called that one. And it's uh, just sickening. Sickening! So yeah, so in the Netherlands, they've got to keep the uh, Hirsch Balin, who is uh, running the Justice Department, they've got to keep him in to keep all those guys uh, in their spot. And that's why they can't form the, the coalition, because that would mean the, uh, the Christian Democrats would have to come in. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, you watch. You watch. This is yeah, I'm watching, all right. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Dvorak, do you know a man named Adam Curry? Look, um, I'm just not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of these guys. I'm afraid of other people, but not of these guys. Not anymore. It's, it's, it's so out there. So many people know what they're up to, and the whole justice system is, is completely corrupted by them. It's well, that's why there's no government there. Exactly. And it'll take a while. And, and of course, if uh, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but when the Netherlands loses the World Cup, you know, that'll extend another two weeks. We'll have analysis and then, the, you know, the boys will come back from South Africa and they'll still have some form of a parade and they'll be, you know, everyone will be depressed and they'll have other things to talk about. So it's basically whether they win or lose is a two week extension. Yeah, well, it's on Sunday. So we'll know uh, probably right after we finish the Sunday show. Yeah, unfortunately, people I'm sure will be watching the game while they're listening to us live. Well, you know that that be our live listeners. You know the real the bulk of our listeners are listening in their car while they're driving to work on Monday. This is true. Maybe we should put off doing the show until after the game's over. Nah, nah, nah <laughs> that I would think, be bad. I don't think so. Um, so the Queen was at. Uh, the United Nations, first time in 57 years, Her Majesty had come to the General Assembly. Yeah, she was in New York for five whole hours. <laughs> she apparently didn't want to spend the extra cash to spend to, to spend the night. It was too expensive. Stay at the Waldorf. 
She decided it was too expensive to spend a day in New York, so she took off. It was pretty amazing. You know, we had Benjamin Netanyahu was in. Of course, uh, the only news we got was the Queen's hat and Netanyahu security details. Uh, nine millimeters were shipped to L.A. instead of Washington or whatever. No one's actually talking about the fact that this basically the global community, the globalists sitting there going, hey, we're great. I, I wanted to pull some clips and uh, I went to the UN.org website and and you can get their video uh, in real player format, I might add. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I had to go and download the real player, which, wow. of course, immediately asks if it wants to hijack every piece of media on my right, computer. Right, you ruin your entire system oh. and keep bugging you for the rest of your life. What is wrong with these people? These are the Now, this, this is the, the, the operation, the UN, that keeps up with everything. They're real modern, so they're, you know, they, got all the, yeah. they, got, they figure out the climate 25 years from now, but they can't get, anything, get off real player. Yeah, she actually, you know, she said, you know, you know we're, we're battling climate, and, uh, but we're doing great because we have uh, 140,000 stations around the world like yeah helping poor people and i'm like oh my god you know just the gall of this woman to say that and then the bbc interviews uh the secretary general Ki moon and Ki moon uh, of course we know that uh the united nations the blue helmets were in haiti and they were helping everybody and oh yes let's uh, send them 9.9 billion dollars and let's rebuild and president clinton is in charge of it and the bbc asked a question of uh uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon about Haiti. His answer, quite baffling to me. Uh, capacity. Can I ask you how much of the $10 billion that's been promised has been delivered? Uh, it's not uh, it's not much. It's not much. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not much. Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, it's not much. It's not much. I can tell you. So uh, I don't want to quote any uh, exact uh, amount in in the statistics in number term but I'm working very hard and I'm going to discuss this matter with the President Clinton how we can expedite and accelerate the delivery of this money <laughs> yeah yeah Clinton's going to help right, just give it to my give it to my <laughs> shyster show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity they took the money. It went into Clinton's own foundation, and now Banky Moon. Yeah, now I'll I'll call Bill and ask him if he can like. Uh, hey, this is a letter like check is in the mail time. It's like yeah, yeah, the check's coming. I just had to initiate the transfer. You know, all these swift regulations. And is it holding up the re- the recovery and reconstruction in Haiti? Now, in fact, uh, President Preval yesterday was uh, expressing his uh, frustration that that they. They have not much money, and they have even some problem in uh, meeting uh, this, keeping their government uh, officials' salary, and their budget is also uh, uh, is very much uh, short. That uh, I'm very much concerned about that. <laughs> if it wasn't so horrible, I would really laugh a long time. Oh, God. It is so bad. I mean, we had huge worldwide outpouring of love and money that all went to Clinton and the Red (laughs) Cross and to Bush. It didn't go to the Haiti.org fund. It went into their foundations. They admit it. Yeah, we got the money. Yeah, I got, I got expenses. I'm having trouble uh, figuring out how to get it out. <laughs> it's a, it's like PayPal, man. I got to call them. I got to figure out what's going on. 
Bastards, I say. Bastards. Stealing money from people who are dying. Bastards. And then the UN, of course, is moving people out of the town so they can put in trailers yeah. for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I hate laughing about it, but it, it's just so... Ah, my goodness. Bonky Moon, United Nations indeed. Yeah, and, that operation and not, not, should be shut down. That's yeah. what they were. That's all the John Birch Society guys were saying back in the '60s. And we're oh no, the United Nations is fantastic. Yes, and although you know everybody else is thinking they're crazy, they had the bumper stickers like "U.S. out of UN" or something. I forget they had a whole bunch of different. Uh, it was the way to go, stickers. and and your generation it was probably a good idea. Up. We should have paid it. <laughs> your generation screwed it up, man. Thanks. Oh, can I say we we, <laughs> thanks we, were, we were we were idealists? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a bundle, and you still wear crocs damn it. i wear speedos yeah that's true speedo shoes some research done Just for by, anybody out there doesn't want to get the wrong image some research done by uh, lots of our producers and i thank you profusely regarding the sdrs this is another u.n initiative who have uh, essentially said you know we need to get off that dollar thingy uh we need to have uh, a new monetary unit which uh, for years and we've talked about it for years has is going to be the sdr the special drawing right or rights, and uh, there's actually on the UN website, or the IMF website, there is a conversion table. Yep. Uh, currently, the U.S. dollar is 1.49 SDRs, 1.49 SDRs, and uh, according to the Montreal Convention, all of this is linked in the show notes, of course, at noagendashow.com, uh, formerly known as the Convention for the Unification of Certain Rules for International Carriage, which is a part of ICAO, another part of the United Nations, uh, they have established a set um, monetary amounts for flight disaster. Uh, so if an arm gets ripped off, you get uh, X amount of money. You know, you've all seen this. You've all read the tickets. So um, just to show you how widespread this is, people have been sending in their carriage agreements from around the globe. Uh, we have, and all of them list SDRs, although different amounts, I might say. Uh, so we have Ryanair, who uh, talks about, uh, let me just see how many SDRs you get from them in case you die. Uh, 113,100 SDRs from them. You have uh, KLM, which is Air France. Uh, let me just look up their SDR amount. Uh, oh, the same, 113,100 SDRs. And Delta Airlines, so it's uh, propagated to the United States as well. And uh, what do they say about uh, SDRs? Uh, we're much lower. <laughs> it's like 1,000 SDRs. <laughs> what? You get, yeah, you get screwed for some reason. I don't know, maybe we're not on board the well, right Delta's program. Well, Delta's a crappy airline now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not in dollars or anything. It's in SDRs. Well, that's fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yay! Almost fifteen hundred. So uh, you know, when it's in these types of contracts, I think it's pretty much a done deal. We know that they're in the trading systems. The SDR is our new currency, and they just have to figure out a way to turn that into something, into coin, so we accept it. Maybe I'm sorry, coin. It'll just be. Uh, debit cards and electronic money and we'll get used to it and we'll just be dealing with sdrs and it's the de facto end of our sovereignty of the united states dollar and it's supported by uh, president obama and his administration yeah thank you president obama for screwing us yeah yay 
I can just such get I can see the email oh, yeah, that's not screwing. Yeah, you have to be more of a you have to think about beyond the borders of the United States. Yeah. You know, the whole idea is to just to take our sovereignty away so we're now governed by a world body because the orientation is toward a world government and we're then the Obama administration and I think probably the administrations before him, you know, until you got to Eisenhower, who who wouldn't do this, I'm sure. Uh we're all uh, Thinking along the same lines. We need a world government. We've said this before to new listeners. We've said this before that we need a world government so we can clamp down on all the peoples of the world so there'll be no more wars and people who are rich and wealthy will never have to worry about having their stuff stolen. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas That's actually, all it is. Remember, you are a human resource. <laughs> Think the matrix. A human resource. That's what you're called in your company. You've been conditioned over many, many years to be ready for this proud moment. And they're really pushing it. They're really trying to move it along here. Yeah, it, it only gets so far before something bad happens, and that's the end of it. The civil war in the U, uh, EU will be the uh, kicker. And then people have their stuff stolen again. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do, you want to see stuff stolen, go to the Hermitage Museum in, in St. Petersburg. What do you see there? Spoils of war. Oh. Stolen right. art. Right. There's a lot of stolen art in the Louvre too, but the, uh, the most of it's up at the uh, at the Hermitage. Beautiful uh, collection, by the way. So we, you know, we got more email about this one thing than I think anything else, which is the declaration by the BBC oh, that yes. if <laughs> that if you uh, don't like GM food, GM food. So this is, of course, the message to Europe. Remember about when we actually first started doing this show, the Europeans were extremely, they were dead set against having any GM foods anywhere on their shelves throughout the entire EU, right? Yeah. Yeah, but this is a part of the Codex Within three short years, sure. this has turned into a completely the opposite where they're promoting GM foods, and now there's a BBC news report written by a viewpoint, written by Jonathan Jones, who is, by the way, connected to Monsanto. Oh, the guy is not just connected, he actually works for an institute or a, a company whose largest client is Monsanto. Monsanto. So, uh, but that's okay. No, there's no mention of that in the article. There's no, you're usually at the end of an article, they have some disclaimers. I mean, most good publications uh, who aren't trying to propagandize you will have a little thing at the end saying the little guy works here or there yeah, or whatever. Little asterisks, sure. Something at the end that lets you know that the guy's got a perspective that may be slanted, but no, not here. So apparently you're a picky eater or a fussy eater if you have something to if you, if you like this. Uh, An orthorexic. Yeah, or you're orthorexic, which is the new word, which I just love. Yeah, orthorexic, uh, orthorexia nervosa is the obsession with eating healthy. Go figure. Yeah, so you're an orthorexic if you're picky about your food, in particular genetically modified and it seems very simple this, see the haitians rejected the uh, monsanto donation of um was it cotton no it wasn't it was a uh, corn i think corn corn corns are biggie right uh of genetically modified corn seed and their reason for it is you know hey once we start then we're beholden to you then then you control our entire food supply and that is of course the whole point the whole point is to control the food supply from the basis and particularly with corn, it goes into everything, besides the fact that it has been known to kill mice, like they get cancers within within uh, two months. And uh, I guess our genetic makeup is uh, similar to that of mice, or close enough, that's why they use them, right? 
Uh, it's it's close enough. Yeah, in fact, that's true. Uh, a couple of genes difference in the. Uh, in fact, I've seen large people that look like mice. Have you ever noticed that the rat face person? <laughs> we, in my uh, my company in the '90s, we had a guy who we called Rat Boy. He actually uh, had one of those faces uh, you refer to, Rat Boy, Frank. Um, anyway, so that's kind of the interesting thing. This is just a, a, a subtle uh, but never-ending assault. This is one thing, by the way, our show, we can't fight this to any real extreme. I mean, we hope that a lot of people get out there and start thinking right. But when, you're, when you have a, a, a public relations machine that is just going to pound you and pound you and pound you year after year, day after day from all sorts of angles, this is like the boxer that comes in from the weird angles. Uh, it just keeps, it just beats you back. And, and I mean, we can bring this up and I'm sure a lot of our listeners spotted it immediately as of some phony deal. But, but it's just a, a foregone conclusion that these guys are going to win uh yeah well i you know we'll see i i still always have a silent hope yeah. uh we know that several hundred thousand people won't fall forward immediately and those are the people who listen to this program and that there's other shows out there that that people listen to yeah no we're not the only ones it. complaining about it but yeah. but we're orthorexics or whatever they call it <laughs> where's the t-shirt i'm looking for the orthorexic and proud of it that's the Randy t-shirt be alert mm-hmm that's what we need. Ortho, Actually, we can do a little artwork on orthorexism. Orthorexia. It's orthorexia. 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 I'm a proud orthorexic. It's just... Uh, I think I'm a proud orthorexic would be a good t-shirt. Dude, like well, what's that? You can probably get picked. You can probably pick somebody up with that t-shirt. Because <laughs> they're going to ask somebody. You know, of course, you might be not who you want to get pick up, but whatever. <sighs> So the other uh, big news, uh, well, there are a couple things meant to cover up, every, you know, the U.N. We had to cover that up. I mean, we couldn't have any in-depth reporting, God forbid. So uh, what do we do? We flip the camera on Lindsay Lohan once again, as she is now ordered to go to jail, you slave. And uh, boy, this alcohol thing, this demon drink. Yeah, this, we're getting more feedback on this than from the Shantix uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's really amazing. So every and and this is also well this is the what you call John the pro uh the neo prohibitionist movement. Right. Um, but it's really it falls I have it under demon drink in the uh in the show notes, but it almost falls under Gitmo Nation if you listen to what's going down. So so first of all the reason why Lindsay Lohan is in court and that it's all blown up is to remind you mm-hmm. that you are under control of uh, the system and uh, and you need to be very obedient and comply. Now, we got a lot of different stories and I have of course no um no pity on someone who has uh, uh been arrested or convicted of uh drunk driving or uh, or DUI. However, when you hear that Almost in every single case. Here, this is um, from Florida. Uh, Producer Stewart sent this one in. A woman was, uh, she got a DUI. She, (laughs) the way he writes, she blew a 0.9. The legal limit was a 0.8. Now, she says, she claims that, you know, she doesn't understand because she only had a glass of wine with dinner four hours before. Which, by the way, I'll I'll believe that. I'll believe that these machines aren't calibrated, etc. But be it as that may, you shouldn't drink at all if you're going to go drive. So here's what she got. Um, she had, to, besides a, uh, a fine, 
She got 80 hours of community service. She lost her license for a year. She has to report uh, in regularly. She has to, uh, she can't drink in her own home. She can't drink at all. She can't have over-the-counter drugs like Tylenol. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it makes no sense. I mean, if, if drinking alcohol is not outlawed. You, you cannot drink and drive. Got it. I totally agree. But uh, here from uh, Steve, his son uh, is in Montana. He says cops literally stand outside bars. The minute someone walks outside the bar, they arrest them for public drunkenness. And they send you to jail, which, of course, is the whole money-making scheme in the first place. And then we get uh, Patrick Bailey. And uh, he says he had the interlock on his car for a year for his first DUI. A year, mind you. And, you, and he says, you know, the, um, the interlock, to start it, you have to blow and hum at the same time. It's not just blowing. You have to hum so you can't, like, blow into a balloon and then, uh, and then put that onto the interlock. So you have to make like a type sound, and it does indeed make you blow and hum while you're driving. It'll randomly beep that you have to blow and hum. Otherwise, it'll, uh, it'll start honking the horn, and then it won't start after that. Uh, he had to go on this uh, program for, as I said, for an entire year, and uh, just the stories go on and on about, about not drinking. And I don't understand it. I, I, I totally understand drinking and driving. That, that's not okay. But they just don't want you to drink at all. It's like, it makes no sense yeah, there, to me. There was a big story about what's going on in San Diego. I have, the, I have, I have that story. You want to hear the, uh, the news report? Yeah, why don't you play that? And I want to play a couple of clips about uh, Prohibition that came up on the Jon Stewart show that are worth uh, listening to about so, a new book. Right. So they, uh, they outlawed drinking on the beach of San Diego for the 4th of July. And so they made a gathering center in uh, Kate Sessions Park, which is where everyone had to go uh, to drink. And it's, it's sad because you see all these people literally standing like in a circle, you know, like drinking. Uh, of course. Let's have a little pre-roll here. The Internet is so ruined. And and I've helped ruin it. I'm sorry about that. So um, yeah, everyone was in Kate Sessions Park, and uh, and they're doing beer bongs, and you know the cops are all standing there. And, it's and just, apparently it's, they're smoking dope, and nobody cares about that either. Well, worse, people who were smoking cigarettes got a ticket. Sessions Park <laughs> in North Pacific Beach offers a unique vantage point over San Diego. It's pretty breathtaking. I mean, you can see all of PB, Mission Beach, downtown, and we're going to have a great view for the fireworks. But the building crowds are taking advantage of another unique trait, the free flow of alcohol. This is one of the only parks in San Diego you can drink at. Generally, this park was not as popular uh, before the beach alcohol ban. Fourth of July revelers took full advantage using swimming pools as beer coolers, drinking alcohol, cascading down what's known as the ice loose. So it kind of looks and like a like a fair, John. It looks like a like a state fair, and they've got all kinds of stands set up, and you can go drink uh, Jägermeister at this one, and you can have Bud out of a swimming pool, and you can do the four person beer bong. But essentially, you you're just in a in a camp. In a drinking camp. Yeah, you're in a drinking camp. It's like the freedom, uh, the freedom of speech zones that yeah, they have so, now. Yeah. So active, talking to police about what's allowed and what's not. 
So they're asking a lot of good questions, and uh, we're giving them the answers, hopefully, that they want to hear. Regulars at the park say it's just good, clean fun. A lot of people like to come out and uh, have drinks and cocktails and stuff like that. You know, never had really had any trouble out here about rowdy crowds and stuff like that. People at the park hope the city will continue to allow alcohol at Kate Sessions Park, but say they're not optimistic that these kinds of celebrations will last much longer. It's like it's like alcohol's been banned. You have to go to the gathering center to uh, to go drink. On a national holiday. They don't want you drinking. Let's, let's just get to the point here. But why? Wh- who came because up with this Because it's crap? bad. It's evil. Oh, the demon drink. Let's Whoa. play Last Call 1. This is a guy came out. There's a book, by the way. The book club should note this book. It's called Last Call. It's about the history of prohibition. And the guy makes some interesting points. The mo- uh, and, but the, how this came about as a, uh, as a law is kind of kind of weird to say the least because of the people that all got together on it and if he and, and, and he doesn't really deconstruct the, the writer at least didn't deconstruct on the john stewart show exactly some of the elements of this that i'll discuss after we play the clip last call, call one how long did it take that they started the movement really in, in well it starts in the in, in the middle of the 19th century but they don't talk about a constitutional amendment until 1913 uh-huh. and six years later they get one it's astonishing you know since then our constitutional amendments are things like you know let's Let's move Inauguration Day from Jan- from March to January. Right. But the, the whole country got behind this. You, had, you had, had to get two-thirds of Congress, both houses of Congress, and you had to get three-quarters of the state legislatures. There wasn't a majority for people for it, just incredible political manipulation like we've never seen before or have seen since. Who was leading? Who, who was leading? Who, who are the, it's a very diverse group. There's Kerry Nation. There's all kinds it was of people. Incre- it was an incredible range, range of groups from uh, at one end of the, pers- uh, the spectrum, the, K- the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, which for them it was an anti-immigrant thing. But at the other end... The very left-wing industrial workers of the world, they were for prohibition because they thought liquor was a tool that the capitalists were using to keep the working man down. Now, <laughs> what? I thought that was a tool and, that and, kept and, the working man working. And to keep, and to keep uh, well, so, television so hosts. Yeah. Is it the only thing the Klan and the Wobblies, are, is the only thing they ever agreed on? Is, I, I, I would think so. And in between, many, many other groups. The Progressive Party was involved in, of course, the women's suffrage movement. The women's suffrage movement and the prohibition movement were siblings. They moved together. And the women supported prohibition. And the only thing that the Anti-Saloon League, the organization that, 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 that uh, ran the prohibition effort, the only other thing that they supported was voting rights for women. And even the KKK supported voting rights for women because they thought women would vote for prohibition. And you know what? They did. Hmm. So at It least- turns out there's a couple of interesting little aspects of this. It turns out that one of the reasons women were so uh, pro-prohibition pro- and, and, and probably still are to some extent is because they were excluded from the saloons. They weren't allowed in. Oh, right. That makes and sense. And then he points out later that uh, as the uh, speakeasy scene developed, uh, women were allowed into those. And then it changed the entire model for what constitutes a nightclub and everything else. But once the women gets, got to go in and drink themselves, and they, they changed their attitudes. But they were essentially stuck at home. These guys would go to saloons and come back drunk. And uh, that would be kind of... Uh, uh, the end of it. The other thing is that the the KKK and some of these other groups re- actually represent the Southern Baptists, the non-drinking Christians, uh, who I I believe are still mostly responsible for what's going on today. Uh, they uh, don't believe in the, uh, what the Bible says about uh, wine. They drink orange juice for their sacrament, and they and there's a lot of issues like that. And it's uh, they and they voice this on everybody, and they especially amongst themselves. And they're they. Essentially, a throwback to the mid 1800s. Now, the 
the next clip, which is the one I actually had to pay attention to to do some calculations so people get a clue about this, is actually more interesting. Uh, uh, this is a clip that he discusses how much people used to actually drink, uh, and it's quite a bit. Country was hammered. Well, it starts in the beginning. You know, George Washington actually gave liquor to people who voted for him and, uh, when he was running for the House of Burgesses. Uh, James Madison drank a pint of whiskey every day. John he was Ad like five and he was five, dude, That's a lot for a little guy like him. Uh, and, you know, it, it just it was part of American life. In 1830, that was the one we drank the most. It was seven and a half gallons of pure alcohol a year. That's the equivalent of 90 fifths of 80 proof liquor. For every man, woman, and child over 15, that was the average consumption. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now, so, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, you're going to have a second glass of wine? You know, I mean, everybody's concerned about the drinking uh, to such an extreme. Oh, too many beers. He's had two beers. Uh, the equivalent, would he? I, I did a calculation on the alcohol consumption that, based on what he said and what's in that book. And essentially, for everybody in the entire country of the United States of America over the age of 15, that would mean that everybody averages, and this is an average, mind you, because most 15-year-olds aren't drinking anything, average, would be averaging 1.4 bottles of Cabernet a day. Yeah. Average. Hmm. But now, you know, you have two no, you beers, which yeah. is the equivalent of, I don't know, uh, two glasses of wine, I suppose. Yeah, it should be the equivalent. Yeah, it, about two glasses yeah, of wine. It's yeah. like a scandal. And, and I, I just can't believe that people allow themselves to be shepherded and herded into a, into a pen to go drink. It's, it's just, uh, it's a, don't they see what's happening with cops? Running around. Yeah, cops <laughs> all over the place, busting people with cigarettes and letting the marijuana smoke go yeah, by. Yeah, you, you're smoking a cigarette, you get a $200 ticket, you're smoking a doobie, and it's okay. I, I'm at a loss. And what? it's and, Well, this is the same thing where they've, they've now penned, you know, you get penned, you put in a pen, a literal pen with fe a fence, a fenced-in area for the free speech zones right. uh, during the convention. But this began during the Bush administration and continues, and it's not going to end. And essentially now free speech, you, yeah, you got your free speech, you get in this cage, and you got all the free speech you want. And by the way, the cage is nowhere near the event or anything like that. Right, that's two miles so this, away. So the situation is just worsening by the day, and this... this this anti-drinking uh, uh, stuff. Of course, you know, some of these kids overdo it, but still. This is kind of a, maybe a good moment to bring up some Ministry of Truth items. Um, I did find uh, one, one article on the, uh, which I put in the show notes, noagendashow.com, uh, on the $1.1 trillion budget that is deemed as passed. So they didn't. So no one has to vote on it. So we won't have to deal with that uh, come November. Oh, heaven forbid! <laughs> There'd be a debate. We don't want to debate over money we don't have that we're going to go uh, go borrow. Um, the Globe magazine. Now, who owns the Globe? Uh, we we know that uh, that the CIA has very good ties to the National Enquirer. Um, I think the National Enquirer owns the Globe, or they're part of. This the is Globe. what I was thinking, and I thought they were part of the same group. And they have uh, at the supermarket headline front page: Obama was not born in the U.S. Yeah, please. And <laughs> yeah, and they and they've yeah, got some, probably get, probably sell a lot of copies. Well, they've got this uh, Hawaiian election clerk who is uh, acting now as a whistleblower, and he's saying 
It does not exist. The birth certificate does not yeah, that, exist. It came out a few weeks ago, that Hawaiian election clerk. Right. No, he's been around for a while, but now... I think the more interesting thing is still when... when I don't know if you can find the clip where Michelle says, you know, that... Yeah, my fam- his family in... Uh, he's from Kenya. Yeah, from Kenya. His, home, his homeland. Home, his homeland of Kenya. <laughs> Is she? Do you think that she's in the in the uh, in the game as well? She's supposed to slip some of that in. I think. So. Well, I think. I don't know why she did that, but it's amazing. And by the way, this picture they put on the front of the globe. This is the uh, the third Obama. I think this is a whole other guy that got. Uh, maybe it's these masks that they have. I just. I don't know. They, I was looking at some good masks the other day. Yeah, the, but, I, I saw that. Uh, amazing those masks. Yeah, there's a, apparently some guys robbing blanks, uh, banks with a black man's mask. He looked like a black guy. And he very, and these are very expensive, tight. I think they cost like four or five hundred bucks. Tight fitting to the face, oh, full mask that you actually can. You look like uh, you look you like you look like a person, and the face you moves. Look like a person. And, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a Hollywood uh, level quality mask. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, this is the funniest report. Of course, most people don't get beyond the actual uh, the headlines, um, but in the article, actually USA Today linked to the uh, third and most comprehensive investigation of ClimateGate, and it's a PDF file, uh, as the uh, ClimateGate inquiry clears scientists of all dishonesty. <laughs> and this report is so funny, John. Have you had a chance to look at the actual report? No, I have not looked itself? at it. I just saw the. I just read the headline. Oh, uh, let me just uh, scroll ahead. To, yeah, exactly. Let me just. Well, we we read these reports so you don't have to. Uh, if you listen to the show, you get all the info you want. Um, just scroll ahead to uh, page thirty-three here. Uh, emails are rarely def- definitive evidence of what actually occurred. They are open to interpretation. Having identified specific allegations against CRU, based on the emails, the review then sought to obtain evidence to substantiate or refute these allegations as described in the subsequent chapters of this report. The presumption is that emails were selected to support a particular viewpoint. It's just they, they, they get into the validity of an email. In some instances, the leaked emails contain statements which might be viewed as supporting the behavior of CRU and countering the allegations in paragraph 9 above. And then they and then they go ahead and they and they take little bits of the emails out of context and they analyze every single word and sentence structure. It's a it's a it's just ridiculous. It's bullcrap. Of course, it's bullcrap. And and this how long is this report? This thing is how many pages? Hundred and no, hundred and sixty pages. And uh, well, no, no, we're we're sorry, people. Now, now, this uh, the, this climate gate thing, n- nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Climate change is for real, and as you know, science, science, science is in. Science is in. Science is in. It's all. It's all there. It's all taken care of. All done. Um, I will say, Salon did a pretty good job. They must have listened to our show. Or they have a brain, which is rare. Uh, title of the article, What General McChrystal May Have Planned All Along. Of course, this is what, this is what we said. <laughs> we said day one. Yeah, of course the guy planned it. He wanted to get out, and exactly what we predicted. He, uh, he resigned, and uh, he resigned as a four-star general, even though he hadn't served as a four-star general long enough, so it was a complete deal. All he had to do was just set it all up. 
There's no way the 32,000-person PR department at the Pentagon would actually have let this happen unless it was intended to happen, and Salon figured it out. Congratulations, guys. Good job. It takes them like 800 words to describe what happened, where it's just so freaking obvious. And everyone just kind of moves on. (laughs) Onward. Yes. To the next scam. Yes. It never ends. No, it doesn't. The um, the Mythbusters, we remember we were talking about this um, last week about how many people think that myth, Mythbusters is such a, you know, this is about having ads in your show and and um, and basically be, being reliant upon the uh, established system instead of a listener-based show, which we are. So um, I played this clip from Adam Savage, who, uh, who describes in great detail, you know, how uh, American Express uh, pulled the segment on RFID, and and then someone sent in uh, producer Robert sent in um, the story. I didn't even know this that uh, Savage backpedaled on that whole thing. Oh, whole thing. Oh yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. It, like he he's like, oh no, it was actually the show's producers that decided not to do the segment. Yeah, no, he, he was <laughs> it was it was like he kept taking a side. Hey. Hey, bonehead. So, no, you but, like but, your job? Yeah, yeah, shut hey, up, bonehead. slave. You like your job? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I like Read my job. This. I like my job. I like my job. No, but it was so, it's so obvious. It's like, you blame the sponsors. You committed the mortal sin. You are an idiot. I mean, it's it's almost like a network where Howard yeah, Buell gets called Ned in. Beatty. Yeah, it's like you know, I am God. This is the closest you will get. You will blame it on the show. The show didn't want to do it. It just wasn't good enough. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. So, so we, uh, yeah. we do have a couple of donors this week. Yes, we do. Slow summer. Whew, but let's, call, let's do a few. Actually, I have one here. Let's see if I put it aside, of course, so I can't find it. It's typical. I got one from the, uh, the Karma Club, which I can read. It may be in the spreadsheet. I haven't seen it from... Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Eric Newman. Uh, yeah, he's on the spreadsheet. Yeah, do we want to wait until we get? Yeah, no, I, we can do him now. Okay, well, let me get the one that I want to get out of the way first, which is a came in on email. Um, click, click, Curtis? Click. Uh, no, Matthew uh, Greensmith. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, for donation number three, I'd request a rectification. So, <laughs> rectification. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, that hurts. Uh-oh, what have we done wrong? A rectification of a minor Rectim- injustice. A rectification. I got you. When I last donated, I D-worded one Simon Alicia. He did, the right, he did the right thing and immediately donated to the Deuce Club, but in the cattle call, never officially received a D-douching. Oh, no. Hold on. <laughs> You've been D-douched. So you, that's the official D-douche for Simon. So thank Sorry you that. Uh, th- for pointing that out. Yeah, and thanks for the support on the Deuce Club. Uh, I don't know what happened, how, the, how we missed that well, one. Well, no, he's been D-douched, so everything's good. Talk to the numbers guy. That's me. <laughs> so uh, we got, let's see what we got here. You know, I got to get a bigger monitor or something. These. Uh oh, are your eyes finally going? No, no, it's, it's that. No, it scrolls off to the edge and I can only either read the name of the person. Actually, what I got to do is I've got to just do something with these. Uh, let me just squeeze. This. There we go. <laughs> squeeze it. 
minutes. It's not like the list is that big, John. <laughs> no, I'm talking about left and right is the problem. It's not up and down. Up and okay. down is no big deal. Okay. So now I got this thing over. I'm trying to take the Excel thing and move it to the right, and it won't squeeze right. over. So I'll start. This is terrible. Curtis, what is wrong with this software? Curtis Sarles from Hillsdale, Michigan, uh, sent us $116.22. Not quite sure what the significance is of the number, but uh, we, of course, uh, really appreciate the support. I was going to send you guys my pet lizards, but I sold them instead since I didn't have your address. Uh, post your home addresses somewhere online, and soon I will mail you some snakes or ferrets instead of money. <laughs> Who really wants money anyhow? Lizards and ferrets are so much more fun, and U.S. dollars are worthless. Anyhow, enjoy the worthless money, you crackpots. <laughs> Curtis, thank you. And please do not send us lizards and ferrets. No, we do not want <laughs> lizards or ferrets, for that matter. I appreciate the thought, though. Justin Bowerell, Bowerell, or Bowerly, maybe, from Rescue, California, in uh, Gitmo Nation. Love the show. I've been listening for over a year. Can you please dedouche me? And play the climate jingle one more time. Well, first we can do this. You've been de-douched. I got to tell you that... Uh, What's that little... You know, this, I didn't hear that little uh, that little bass riff at the end. Oh, yeah. Listen to it. It's really nice. You've been de-douched. Yeah, that's that's huh. the, that is actually that goes deep down into your DNA. That that, that, brr, that, that makes the dedouching that work. Pulls the dedouch out, and he wanted the uh, the climate gate uh, jingle one more time. Well, okay. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good. Yeah, he says he also needs some karma for his new venture, twitter.com slash sports market man. I'm going to be tweeting ideas, thoughts about marketing and sports, especially the psychology side of it. Thanks for opening my mind. More dollars to come. Thank you. That was pretty good. Thank you, sports market man. Okay, I got the spreadsheet working now. So uh, next on the list is Jesus Muriel. Oh, actually, we have to fire something up for Jesus there. John, this donation is a birthday present that is $55.50 for my girlfriend, Paola. Please send her a good karma package. She needs it. Many thanks, Jesus. Well, Paola, happy birthday from your boys. It's your birthday, yeah. Can I, uh, can I do a little extra thingy here for a moment, John? Go for Just it. For a second. Joining the club today and celebrating her 40th birthday, the lovely Miss Mickey, who takes very good care of me during the early morning sessions, uh, particularly on Sundays with pancakes. I love you, baby. It's your birthday, yeah. She won't even hear that because she left the place. No, she listens on uh, Pocket No Agenda. Oh, does she now? Oh, yeah. It, it, there's one spot on Sunset where she has to reconnect, but otherwise it's, it's, a, it's a radio. It's a complete radio. And and you know and she loves it because now she's got the new version installed and then it goes in the morning and then you just tap the screen and and the stream starts playing. It's great. Mm. Of course, it's she's it's al- the future. Well, she's always responding twenty seconds later. She's walking around the house with her earphones in, and because of the delay on the stream, 
And so we'll say something and she'll come in 20 seconds later and, and make a face at me. I'm like, what is she doing that? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a little, little delay. But it's not yeah, just the future is here. This, it, it is radio. This yes. is exactly what it is. It, these things are Only radio. This is listener-supported radio to the umph. I don't, I don't get why people are bitching about the iPhone 4. Who cares? Who uses the phone? Who he cares about? I don't give a crap about the phone portion of it. As long as it uh, runs it, Pocket No Agenda. Yeah, Pocket No Agenda. Check it out. Eric Newman from Orlando, Florida, gave us uh, two nickel, double nickels on the dime. Adam and John calling out the karma for some crazy karma for my gorgeous girlfriend, mm. Sarah Steed. Or no, Stead. 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 Sarah Stead. She's uh, currently unemployed and desperately looking for a job. She's in, in Orlando. Well, there's a lot of good-looking women down there. Yeah. She's currently unemployed and desperately looking for a job. She has many applications currently pending at a variety of companies, so please give her all you've got. Uh, additionally, this uh, double nickels on the dime donation is my option to be a minute man in the No Agenda Militia. Your show has greatly influenced my life, and I now feel incomplete without my dose. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I know how it feels. I have exactly the same. Carrie... Uh, Oh, brother. Chahim. Chahim. C-H-I. No, C-H-I-M. Chim. Chim. That is a wild name. Chim. That could be a failure of PayPal for all we know, but we'll call him Kerry Chim. Chim. Shim. 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 Thank you for a great show. I'm uh, thanking uh, you for talking about how trains are not better. Here in Ohio, they want to connect all the big cities. The train will have eight stops. It will take six hours in total, <laughs> not including the stops, when I can drive that in four. A ticket will be $38 for Cincinnati to Cleveland, but if I take a train, I want to look around Cleveland. I'll either need to rent a car or get a taxi, so I'm spending more money than driving my personal vehicle. What a waste of $400 million from the stimulus. It a great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it makes it he's right i mean yeah, of course he's get right a train and then you're going to get there what are you going to do we're not set up for you know we're set up as a car airplane country that is the infrastructure i don't care people want to have bicycles in berkeley that's fine you're going to get hit by the car eventually <laughs> you're going to be crippled but it's beside the point the thing is we're a car our infrastructure is cars and airplanes this is all bogus it's a money grab Oh, hold on. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. It's a good one. But okay, Cynical Computers donates from uh, Victoria, Australia, 50-50, donating this week because I loved, loved, I say, loved Sunday's show. People must have thought I was crazy as I walked around the supermarket with an idiot grin on my face for the first half of the show, or it could have just been the upswing in my bipolar. Also, (laughs) as a computer repairer who sees many PCs each week, a great way to spread the show is to subscribe my customers to it via iTunes on the, or the Zoom. I've done this on several dozen oh, computers. Oh, cool. That's a great one. <laughs> and I've gotten a lot of comments, mostly positive, oh. back from the owners when they discover and then listen to the shows. <laughs> Mike Caddick uh, Stahl, Victoria, Australia. That's and, cool. And finally, C.G. Mayer, Mount Gambier. Uh, and then we have our knighthood layaways, Tristan Lennon, uh, Travis Wynn, and uh, Mike. Hey, did, uh, did you get our French donation? I think you passed over Peter yeah, Lucroft. Did I miss it? Where is it yeah, on this Peter Lucroft. That's a very French name. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I did miss it. From Mas- Peter Lucroft and Mascla. 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 Franche. Mas- I don't know where that is. Let's take a quick look on Google. Google. He doesn't sound like a French guy. Wouldn't it be Pierre? Pierre Lucroft. 
Or maybe, I don't know, maybe PayPal doesn't let you put French names in. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay. oh, where is it? Where it's is out it? in the middle of... Uh, is it in wine country? Looking. Southwest. Hmm. Well, wine country in France, huh? Yeah. I wonder where that is. <laughs> so what we need is uh, more support. The summer is slow, as you can tell. Although we really appreciate the uh, ever-growing list of people who are donating $5 a month. I, we understand it's hard economic times. Um, but signing up for... F- I mean, you do spend 5 bucks a month on something frivolous that you could spend Yeah, on, like parking meters. Yeah. Uh, Think or, of what you put into a parking meter and then just give us 5 bucks a month and you'll be helping out the world. We like yes. to keep the show on the air. We want to thank everybody who gives five or twenty-five. We had to you used to have the twenty-five a year thing. I think I'll put that back up. Uh, where you should you did thirty, but you should do a thirty-three, thirty-three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do I that. Keep meaning to change it. Yeah. It's a, if it's, it wasn't such a rigmarole, I'd be. I probably. It's would, right up there it. with the ring project. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no. It's this is dealing with PayPal is just very subtly annoying. Annoying. Yeah, I know it is annoying. So his uh, little, this little town mascot is out in the lot, which is out in the area where they make the Kaur wine. Nice. We should go visit. Which is a Malbec-based product, quite tasty. Very nice. And in the olden days, we'd be drinking a bottle of it as we speak. Yeah. It's 1830, but... Well, yeah, that'll no. be outlawed soon. We won't be able yeah. to drink any wine. Well, they're going to make wine illegal yeah, it'll in be France. Illegal. It'll be illegal in France. It'll be an illegal substance in it's, France. They're working on it. It's nuts, I tell you. Hey, we got some good news, John, from uh, High Society. Oh, wait. First, let's tell everyone where they can support our show. So yeah, we get- go to noagendashow.com. Yeah. Click on the donation link, please. Also, uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA, and you'll have all the options, including the producer stuff and all the rest of it, channeldvorak.com slash NA, if you can't get there. And you, and you yeah. get a lot for a lot of bang for the buck. You get the daily source code. You get uh, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged on the stream. Um, you got a bonus. You got uh, live music from you, uh, Berkenbos, the other day. I had uh, the whole studio set up. We had a live performance. Did you hear that show, John? Yeah. You really? You did? What, did yeah. You like, did you like it? I only listened for a few minutes. Okay, thanks. And, uh, of course, you got uh, adult porn, uh, adult, adult movie actresses. I mean, we got, we got the gamut. We've got everything. You don't need to turn on anything else. And we watch C-SPAN so you don't have to. So please give us some uh, value for value. You know, C-SPAN's been dull recently. Well, the fourth and the fifth, no one worked on the fifth, so there was lots of repeats. I, I don't like that. Um, they showed a, just like little clips of the UN, which, so I had to go and get the damn real player thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, imagine us saying C-SPAN is boring lately. <laughs> imagine normal people when they turn that on, like, what is this? Yeah, get that off. Yeah, turn that off. Hey, from our real news category, John. And now, back to real news. Chelsea Clinton is getting married. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And she's getting married to a guy named Mark Mezvinsky, um, who uh, is a banker. Guess guess what bank he works for? Goldman Sachs. Yes. (laughs) I love it when the elites stick together. Why why not? But his dad, Edward uh, Mezvinsky, does that ring a bell in your uh, vast memory banks? No. He was a, um, uh, let's see, he was a congressman. He eventually worked at the United Nations Commission on Human Rights. 
He unsuccessfully sought the Democratic nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania in 1980, and he went to jail on 31 charges of 69 for bank fraud, mail fraud, wire fraud, $10 million involved in the crimes. He, uh, he went to jail. He only got out in 2008. He went to jail for eight or nine years. Wow. Uh, but his... Uh, sure. <laughs> He pleaded mental illness in his defense because he had bipolar disorder. <laughs> and they went, shut up, slave. You're going to jail. <laughs> I don't care what you say about your bipolar disorder. Well, it's a good, this is like, remember the olden days back in the 1200s where the royal Yes, families, I remember them well, John. Where they, royal families would marry each other, you know, for certain yeah. reasons. Oh, yeah. You got the Clintons now, you know, joining up with these guys. And, you know, Bill Clinton can teach this, could have taught this guy a thing or two. He may have been involved with his dad. It makes total sense. Yeah, well. It was probably a payoff. It's like, all right, I know you, you, you took the hit, man. You did the time. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll let your son bone my daughter. So uh, well, if, they, if they're going to do that, then they should probably get one of these IUDs I have the commercial for. Ooh. Do you have it here? It's sitting right there. It's the, it's the marina. Oh, okay. Let's have a listen. Did I take my pill this morning? There's birth control you don't have to think about taking every day or even every year. I can't even think about having another child. It's Marina, a small intrauterine contraceptive that's over 99% effective at preventing pregnancy for as long as you want for up to five years. Once it's removed, you can try to get pregnant right away. Or not. <laughs> Don't use Mirena if you have a pelvic infection, get infections easily, or have certain cancers. Less than 1% of users get a serious infection called pelvic inflammatory disease. If you have persistent pelvic or stomach pain, or if Mirena comes out, tell your healthcare provider. If it comes out, use backup birth control. Mirena may attach to or go through the uterine wall and cause other problems. Although uncommon, pregnancy while using Mirena can be life-threatening and may result in loss of pregnancy or fertility. Ovarian cysts may occur but usually disappear. Bleeding and spotting may increase at first and continue to be irregular. Periods over time may become shorter, lighter, or even stop. Mirena does not protect against HIV or STDs. Oh, I think two's plenty. Maybe. Ask about Mirena when you have time. Did you know if you choose Mirena to prevent pregnancy, it's the only birth control also approved to treat heavy menstrual bleeding. Outstanding. Notice how IUD sounds so much like IED. Yeah, it sounds exactly. In fact, I always mix the two up. Boom! I love all these uh, kill kill your baby things. I love what is the there's another birth control pill that uh, makes you not uh, ha, not menstruate, so you have no menstrual cycle, and that's like the big benefit. It's like, hey, you won't have kids, and you don't get crabby every month. It's like, how can that be good for you? It's obviously not. <laughs> so you the, see all these uh, women going like, yay, I'm not bleeding. I'm happy. So this one's a one, fi- one minute 15, so they couldn't keep all the disclaimers in. There's some in, nasty it, ones it, in there, too. Yeah, some nasty ones, but it, they couldn't keep it within the 60-second. Uh, none of these guys can do that. They just cannot get... They the ben- cannot the get enough of the sales pitch yeah. plus all the disclaimers in, in, the, in the 60 seconds. Which, within 60 which seconds. as we know, is the actual sales pitch. People seem to like, we've, we've discussed this many times, people seem to like the disadvantages. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. hey. Oh, it could attach itself and, and grow into my womb. Hmm, cool. I'm a risk taker. Yeah, 1%. You know, I, there's another thing going on. I don't want to. I just want to do one more commercial since we're on that going that way. Unless you have more to talk about about Chelsea, 
<laughs> I know that they're trying to fly helicopters over. They're find the find the thing. They're going to try to push this. Probably be in in, in Hello magazine. <laughs> oh, at Chelsea's wedding. Yeah, of course. It's, this is going to be the social event of the year. This will be the nothing to see here event of the year. Yeah, of course. It'll 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 be our version of Lady Di. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I've noticed this trend is starting to show up. We, 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 I think we played a commercial some maybe a month or two ago about this this hapless jerk off that's standing there with his son whispering in his ears, "Yeah, Dad, you didn't pay attention to the doctor." <laughs> and he says, "Ah, the doctor told me to take aspirin and to like stop beating my wife. You didn't pay attention to him. I'm now uh, I'm now going to pay attention to the doctor. Yeah, you should pay attention to the doctor and this kind of thing. This this is a commercial. It's some kid, some punk teen." teenager yeah. telling the old man that he's a he's an asshole a douchebag so i now there's another one. Oh no this guy is a this is a commercial with a black man who with his wife sitting next to him hounding him and he is almost crying <laughs> on this on the screen and he's the biggest wimp in the world what's his problem uh, erectile dysfunction no, no, he uh, he didn't take an aspirin essentially because his doctor told him because of his health for, for his, uh, for his heart, heart. Yeah, yeah, for heart. And so he didn't take it, and it almost killed him somehow. Oh, no, he said he had a heart attack. <laughs> but whatever the case is, this guy, you know, should be taken out back. <laughs> I'm that guy that doesn't take directions. I had a heart problem. I was told to begin my aspirin regimen. I just didn't listen until I woke with pains in my chest. I almost lost my life. My doctors again ordered me to take aspirin and i do i make sure that he does it aspirin is not appropriate for everyone so be sure to talk to your doctor before you begin an aspirin regimen i encourage everyone to listen to the doctor and take it seriously learn more about protecting your heart at iamproheart.com i didn't take my aspirin (laughs) and i make sure he does there's a woman sitting next to him (laughs) he'll be taking his aspirin this is the this is the image you're trying to have the american male today oh yeah total wimp ass pussification the guy's like he's got no you know he's got no self-esteem no it's ridiculous no it's i'm telling you and this is just a setup, you know. This is so. First, it's you know, you're stupid. You're an idiot for not taking your aspirin. Next, it's going to be your vaccine and your other meds. You're going to take your meds. Listen to your doctor. Did you see that? Um, this was going around. I don't actually have the story in front of me. It was a. Um, eh, what was it? It was a um, a game from the '70s, and it was called uh, like oil. It was like a board game. And it was uh, offshore oil drilling board game. I vaguely remember this. You really remember the the board game? I remember some game called Oil or something like that. Oh, was, fabulous! Or Gusher. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Gusher. And and you know, so you get you know, you basically there's dice and you go around the board and then they actually have like oh uh oh blowout preventer didn't you know failed uh, oil gushing you know you lose one million dollars. And so uh, this has been going around the internet like uh, well. You know, see, they knew it. They knew it. It's, uh, you know, it's for real. They knew it all along. They knew it was going to happen. And uh, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, maybe they did. And I think there's something to that. And if you believe that story, then you will probably like Electronic Arts' latest game called Moonbase Alpha. <laughs> NASA has once again landed on the lunar s- surface with the goal of colonization, research, and further exploration. 
Shortly after the return to the moon, NASA has established a small outpost on the south pole of the moon called Moon Base Alpha. And I, so I'm thinking, you know, in, uh, when everyone's laughing at me now, in uh, 30 years well, from they, now. They'll keep laughing at in you. In 30 years from now, I'll be like, damn, yeah, they actually do have that moon base up there. <laughs> they got a game. It's all it's very detailed. It's, it's, it's um, lifelike graphics of Moon Base Alpha. Of so, course, you know, the guy, of course, that, that, that uh, head of NASA comes out with this. Of course, oh, he got all, yeah. all the play on most of the right-wing shows about it. He says, I think the job, according to Obama, the, the new job of NASA is to, uh, or NASA is to, uh, is to outreach, do an outreach program to, to, to the, the Muslim Muslims community. in the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, I, I listened to his interview um, and what he's saying is that we got that we have the Muslim world to thank for a lot of uh, science and mathematics, which is true. Um, was this recent? What uh, science and mathematics? Are you kidding me? Iraq, Iran, so many huge scientists and and world leaders in their field come from Iraq and Iran. Yeah, name two. Okay, I'll research that for Sunday. But th- that I think is true. But well, just because just because we've only been taught Einstein, you know, doesn't mean that. Uh, no, it's fine. I don't, I'm just saying, just name two. I mean, I don't care. It just seems to me that NASA's, NASA should be interested in, in space exploration, not intercultural relationships. It's not their job. We got plenty of agencies for that. Well, Why did, is this guy well, being did, put into did this? Did you role? actually hear the interview? Because I listened to it thinking I would pull a clip, and I was like. It doesn't it's really not it doesn't really say the way Fox spun it. I mean you I, know, I heard the thing Stewart played it. It was it was pretty straightforward. He says he has three objectives and he had something to do with this, something to do with that and well, then, you know with President he says President Obama, uh I'm here in wherever he was. Where was he? Egypt? He was in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. He says I think it was Egypt. I'm here, you know, President Obama wants me to uh, connect better with uh uh, with the uh, with the with the Muslim world, uh, which was that that I thought was interesting, and then he also went on to say, you know, hey, we wouldn't have the space station without the Russian help and without uh, uh, the Chinese who have a great uh, module or whatever. And you know, it was, it was more like a globalist type thing. He was he was propping everybody, not just specifically the Muslim world. And what I heard him say was, you know, we got a lot of great scientists coming out of. Uh, uh, out of the Middle East, and, and that I believe is true from Iran, Iraq specifically. That's I'll, I'll find some names of great scientists. Good from, uh, for Sunday. I'll do that. I just thought it was just a. a I, to be honest, with you, I thought it was just a bogus thing to say because he happens to be on a junket for some reason, floating around. It's got nothing to do with what he should be doing, and it was just a waste of everybody's time and money. That's what I'm looking at. Well, duh. I mean, here's yeah. a good story if you want to change the topic. Yeah, we could. Uh, trains disrupted. I, I <laughs> noticed that you know Burlington Northern Santa Fe is the one of the sponsors for the uh, for the uh, PBS NewsHour. Oh, and- really? Wait, you're telling me that trains are now uh, sponsoring our our national treasure? Really? Yeah. Don't say. Well, but well, they, they actually had a, a little slam piece about the trains, and I'm wondering how long this is going to go on before somebody says, "Hey, 
stop it. This was the teaser. The trains, apparently this heat wave back east, which we're... we're oh, yeah, it's, out, it's, it's 100 plus degrees It's all the way up to Quebec. I have people in Quebec complaining. So, I mean, the whole thing is a, is a mess. And, uh, and they, so they did a story on PBS, and here's the teaser for it. You play that, and I'll explain what the story was. I didn't get the whole clip. And I'm Gwen Ifill on the news hour tonight. The record highs disrupted train travel and pushed electricity use toward record levels. <laughs> apparently, electricity use towards record levels. Interesting. Apparently, the trains, if they go too fast on the tracks in this weather, the tracks warp yeah. and they have to take the trains offline. Huh. This can't be good. No. <laughs> well, we should play the jingle right here for a All second. aboard! Trains good, planes bad. So they're going to obviously have to lay off these stories as fast yeah, as possible. Yeah, I know. There's going to be uh, some hell to pay there. I want you to go to cahighspeedrail.ca.gov, John. Well, now, wait, let me hold on a second. This is the California High Speed Rail Authority, which, of course, is non-existent at this point. Give me the URL again. Okay, it's cahighspeedrail. Well, you know, let me just Skype it to you. That'll be easier uh, because... Even high is spelt. Uh, hold on. There we go. There's a Skype. I nailed it. California High Speed Rail Authority. Right. Now look at the train. What does it say on the side of the train? The train in the, in the logo up here? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Um, wait a minute. I think you... Uh, I'm on the homepage. Right, okay. Go to... I can't uh, see go, go, go to Routes. Route. I like that station, though. It's pretty cool no, looking. Go to Routes and then look at a uh, trip visualization. And uh, you'll see these trains. So this is, and this is, by the way, is am- amazing. Whew, there it goes. Okay, just, there goes the train. Absolutely. So it's a blue and yellow bullet train, and it's going through a whole bunch of windmill farms, and it's just bypassing traffic. I'm looking at it now. It's like the train. Yeah, I like it going through the windmills. Here comes another one. On the side of the train, you know what it says? It, 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 you got to catch the right spot. It says, Fly California. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go to gallery. Go to gallery. You'll see it there. Go to gallery, and then hit uh, hit play. I like, I like this train station. Hold on. Ooh, I mean, this—they've spent some money on this shit, man. Look at this. It's a pretty nice site. This is where all the money's going. In 2000, Californians made more than half a billion trips between the state's different regions. By 2030, that number will double to nearly one billion. Wow, man. Yeah. on our roads. Oh, our horrible roads, airports, bad. Oh, people standing in line. Oh, going through Gitmo stations. Oh, and the train is whizzing by, looking sleek and beautiful. It's an animation, people. Building for the future. California. Oh, no, yeah, this is good. This, yeah, there this it is. is a good piece of propaganda. Fly like California. Okay, you, you got to get, uh, what is it, like that 40 seconds into it. And there it is. Fly California on a train. On a train. Yeah, there it is. It's messing with my brain. This, is that, it's kind of blurry on my. So I can see the California, but the fly part is is vague. It's in Look, white. It's in white. Yeah, I see. It's in white, so it's yeah. not. Was this somebody's idea of a joke? <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, but how much money did they have to spend on the on this on this imagery, man? That's some serious. I mean, this looks real. Almost as real as the planes flying into the World Trade Center. It's really good. Same guy did it, probably. It's great. Great job. 
so you can look at uh, please go look at that site and uh, this is where uh, i think the eight billion dollars went into making this site that they've set aside for it and uh, then this is going to convince everybody we need 800 billion to actually build the thing and yeah, no, they're, they're giving me a break. They've, yeah. they've never gotten these estimates correct. They're always 10x yeah. afterwards. This thing is going to be a joke. Fly California. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, it says fly California on a yeah, train. I got to stop right there. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we have uh, more reports put into the news, pre written by Hill and Knowlton, the outstanding uh, PR agency. Near collision on the rise in Washington area skies amid influx of inexperienced controllers. Yeah, this is the new. Uh, this, this is the is new the, meme. The, the yeah, it's a new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have inexperienced controllers. If I was a controller, I'd be po'd about this crap. You know, it's, and then they come up with all these statistics and. 49 of the 177 controllers who handle in-flight traffic of the Washington region, the third busiest airspace in the nation after New York, Los Angeles, have yet to be certified in all aspects of their job. Oh, By the how way, is he going to learn? I hate to stop you on this. Why? So I'm still watching this stupid video. Yeah. These, they got the trains flying through this terminal. Yeah, they don't stop. They don't stop. This is like the main terminal, and they, the trains don't go through terminals like this that fast. They do, you know, but look at the train going past all the traffic. I love there's like miles and miles of backed up cars, and the train is whizzing by. And then you see shots of people in the airport. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're going to China. Where are we going now? Traveling at speeds up to 220 miles per hour over an 800-mile route. It will whisk riders from downtown Los Angeles to downtown San Francisco in just over two and a half hours. I heard it was going to be more like three. Now they're saying two and a half. Advantages of high-speed trains. California's high-speed train system will be the largest public works project undertaken in the state in 50 years. Yeah, we're broke. The state's Building broke, Building this state-of-the-art <laughs> network will create more than 600,000 construction jobs. And Last another. stop, FEMA camp. Come on, boys. Jump on in. <laughs> Did you notice the logo is, is a, an Obama-style logo? Of course it is. It's, compl- it's done by the same jobs. people. Yeah, it has to be done by the same people. Yeah, it's totally. Let's see. Uh, who do we contact and get some information? Sacramento media content. We should call Rachel Wall and ask her some questions. <laughs> Just, you know, like, what are you wearing? You know, important stuff like that. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> so we got a show. We want to know, what are you wearing? <laughs> this is very, very important. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, it's, uh, you want to just uh, tell the new listeners why we are harping on the high-speed uh, rail projects, John, what our beef is against it, because people uh, get very confused. I think it's a great idea, you know, and lots of smart people who actually are quite awake about other topics say, oh, what's wrong? Train is good. What's wrong? Train with is train? not good. Nobody's going to take the train. It's bogus. The whole thing is just to move freight faster on the, uh, you know, that we need to upgrade the infrastructure for rail f- so we can screw the Teamsters and get more stuff put on a train, especially the corridors like California so we can move stuff from Mexico to Canada. And the whole thing is about freight. It's, it's that Burlington Northern uh, and uh, what's his name, the investor Buffett, Buffett. Is, uh, who bought Burlington Northern, they're not interested in moving people around. This people thing is, is complete red herring. People Nobody's make a mess. take the train. People complain. No, who wants people? Gonna, 
there's going to, there's, you know, you have to run, somebody did the calculation, you have to run a train every 15 minutes to LA to make it worthwhile. There's nobody that can bring up any numbers that make this thing pay out compared to it, to a, um, to an airplane. Now let's take a look at going up to Seattle. If I'm going to go on a train to Seattle right now, it's going to take me 24 hours on the train. I can drive it in 12 to 14 hours, or I can take a plane and con- not including, we're not going to include door to door. In other words, not going to calculate getting to the train station or the airport, but just going to the airport. I have to be there an hour before I get on the plane. It takes two hours a gate to gate, an hour and a half flight to Seattle. And then I'm out. I'm done. I'm off the thing. So it takes me a total of three hours to get to Seattle on an airplane. How is the train going to even cut? Even if the thing was flying up there at the high speeds and never stopped, which is not going to do because everybody's going to want it to stop here and there. It's going to have to stop in Portland. It's going to have to stop here and there. I'm never going to make the three hours on the train under any circumstances. So the whole thing is bogus and it's going to cost more. These high speed trains aren't going to be cheaper than the trains we have today. They're going to be more expensive. So they won't be able to compete on price or time. And time is of more importance to me than, than, than price. And it makes no difference. It's not competitive. Well, John, you clearly Greetings. don't care Kermit about the-, the earth. You don't care about being green. You don't want to save the environment. And that's why you're harping about trains, John, because you know... Well, I am, for one thing. It ain't easy being you green, see, John. Frogs are green, and I'm a frog. And that means I'm green. Uh, they got the stupid intro. I thought I was just going to go straight into it. It ain't easy being green. Yeah, you got to have clips. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the point is, is that it's ridiculous. But moving freight, which doesn't really care when it gets there, is the reason for these new tracks. And it's great to take people to the FEMA camps. Yeah, and you can use it for FEMA camp stuff later. So let's uh, switch gears for a second. To now, by uh, the way, I would take the train once because I think it'd be fun. It'd be fun to take. Yeah. Well, you got to have sex on the train. Hmm. Um, let's move to the oil cabal for a second, because, you know, amidst all the important news about Lindsay Lohan and, uh, and by the way, uh, Kim Kardashian appeared on Holly's world. I mean, that was like a double header. Um, it seems that, uh, there will be a new boss of British petroleum. Yeah. And do you know who that's going to be? Uh, Kim Kardashian? No, <laughs> no. Uh, according to the daily mirror, <laughs> you can't write this stuff. Tony Blair will become the, uh, the next chairman of British Petroleum. Yeah, that's the guy we want running it. Perfect. It, does, it just doesn't get any better. And then uh, there's, there's definitely fights going on. Lord Brown, uh, who is the ex-chief executive of BP. You got to see this guy. I got to send this link to you. This guy is so frightening to look at. He's got a huge head on a very little body. Hold on. Let me send you this link. This is outrageous. Uh, He is the new cost-cutting czar. That's the guy you want uh, in Gitmo Nation East. Cutting your costs. Faced embarrassment last night after it was revealed that his former male escort lover was helping a campaigning American lawyer to assemble a legal case against him. (laughs) Look at the guy. He belongs in the pedo bear cave, I'm telling you, for sure. During their four-year relationship, Mr. Chevalier enjoyed dinners this with... This guy's a, got a huge head. <laughs> enjoyed dinners with a number of high-ranking politicians, including Tony Blair, and was privy to highly sensitive company details. Now Brent Kuhn, 
A Texas lawyer who's leveling a raft of actions against BP has contacted Mr. Chevalier to ask him to help prove the cost-cutting during Lord Brown's time in charge led to fatal safety lapses. So this is the guy who is now being held responsible for cutting corners on BP, which, of course, was all by design, really, because they, they wanted all this to blow up. Uh, he's now in charge of cost-cutting across Gitmo Nation East, known as the, the Queendom of uh, Gitmo Nation East, United Kingdom. So this, uh, you think he'll be cutting corners? Look at that head and the body. He's just frightening. You could probably snap him like a twig. Yeah, he definitely needs a little uh, uh, time in the gym. Then, uh, so, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is, there's a lot of bad news coming out. And I, and I think we are about to see the ocean, the ocean floor rupture. Because, as you know, I believe they tapped into something volcanic uh, with abiogenic oil, nonstop re- self-regenerating. President Clinton agrees with me. It's a gusher. That oil can't wait to hop into your car. They are now uh, dumping sand over the tar balls. On the Gulf yeah, Coast. I love that. <laughs> it's like, what are we uh, going to do? I think we should just put some sand on and leave. <laughs> just, just, let's just put it, uh, throw some sand on top of it. Yeah. So here's a former Kansas State trooper who has uh, some words of wisdom for all of you out there. You might want to uh, listen. Folks, uh, Greg Evenson, former uh, Kansas State trooper, highly decorated, uh, former military, and uh, with a large amount of experience, and a lot of good guys who are contacts in the mill, law enforcement community. All across the United States. In this is the kind of stuff I listen to, by the way, when I'm on the treadmill. I listen to these uh, shows. They're on the Internet. And sometimes they have great guests on, like this guy. The Gulf Coast. Uh, Greg, last hour where we were at at the talking was I had asked you, uh, uh, based on the worst-case scenario, yes, that the fact that uh, this evacuation could begin, could begin in stages or slowly, as soon as within 48 hours after the 4th of July, is that correct? It's correct. That's the information that has come to me uh, based on all of the available information we have at this time. We are just simply letting people know, and as Steve so aptly and correctly said last week, the time is now. Make your plans and go. We believe, based on that information, Hawk, that there may be the beginning of the movements of people out of that area most vulnerable, uh, health-wise, age-wise, and uh, perhaps infants and that kind of thing. The the advisory uh, is in place to go out. We are not saying that it is a tripwire event Today. So what I'm understanding is that there are people dying, but they're dying in BP hospitals with BP doctors overseeing them. This is a total cover-up. They're throwing sand on the oil. Are you, wait, wait, wait. Are you? Is this, did you get this off the CB radio? I mean, where did this come from? It's a, it's an internet show. Huh? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of these shows out there. I mean, we're not the only ones. These guys just go much, much further. Uh, and I, and I, I like this. You know, and they actually, he. It's a long clip. It's like nine or ten minutes but he goes on to talk about how fema is already down there they're involved uh, apparently uh nato has ordered seven thousand u.s marines to costa rica uh, because because the ocean well, floor is going to rip some open going on because they won't let the news media do anything yeah well check this out uh there's a um a facebook site called coastal warriors uh where a lot of the people who are uh working uh, on the cleanup uh, con- congregate. Uh, Coastal Warrior is very important. I was just informed that a captain of a boat who was hired by BP through the Vessel of Opportunity program 
was told he needs a refrigerator on his boat. When the captain asked why, he was told that it would be to store vaccine, which would have to be self-administered to everyone on the boat daily. (laughs) It's not a vaccine. What are they talking about? I'm just saying this is what it says. So it, I wonder it, what sort of... Uh, it probably won't be a vaccine, but it's probably some, like, antidote for something. Yeah, to what, though? I mean, what's the, in this, in this crude the, oil? What the, what are the components? I mean, every crude oil is different. Uh, they, you have different components, and some of the stuff has got a lot of sulfur in it. Some of it's got a lot of... I, I get the sense that this particular crude oil has a lot of uh, light uh, hydrocarbons, the toluenes, the benzenes, and things like that, that evaporate. But generally speaking, they've evaporated by the time, the, you know, after... Doesn't take long for the stuff to 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 blow off. Well, no, but there's high, the, we already talked about this. There's elevated levels of all of that stuff in the air down there, and well, there's it goes also up a lot of down. heavy metals in in uh, in uh, crude oil. Yeah, which is not good for you. Heavy metals yeah. not good. I wish somebody, you know, I have not seen, maybe somebody has seen this or they can send me a link or something. I have not seen an analysis. Somebody hasn't grabbed, you know, they grab your, you know, they go on a boat and then they put their hand in the water and they, with a yeah, mop, they, pull up they some say, gum. look at all this stuff, it's gooey. I have yet to see an analysis, a breakdown. What is the gooey? Yeah, put the goo in a test tube and let's test it. Yeah, what, what exactly, what are the components of this particular crude oil? I, I bet that you that they're not so allowed they, to do it. I bet you that off camera, it's like, okay, wash your hand off quick, here, you know, flamethrower on your glove, and they don't let they don't let anyone take that stuff. This is this is a big cover up, and and the fact that uh, NATO is is shipping U.S. Marines to Costa Rica because they expect uh, the ocean floor to rip open. This is also kind of you know earthquake time. We've got a huge solar activity. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. If we if we do get one storm. One real good storm and all that crap that's uh, that's in the water go washes uh, you know is basically spewed down on everybody from God knows from could be from Texas to Florida. Uh, people could be dying from this stuff. Well, we don't know that because we don't know what this stuff is. Well, doesn't that tell you enough that we don't know what it is? No. Oh. It doesn't tell I'm, me enough. I'm always it suspicious. It doesn't tell me enough. I'm I'd, like always... to know, I'd like to see an analysis of this stuff and the health effects. We've got nothing but a bunch of speculation and and uh, hand-wringing and everything in between. And we've got no facts. It's ridiculous. This is the biggest story of the year, and we got no facts. No. And no, then it's... when the media gets rousted because, you know, they got people wearing gas masks or not wearing gas masks. We can't take movies. You can't take pictures. We got no film crews. We got nothing going on. No, what we and... do have, what we do have is these roving cameras. And uh, John Kitts did some work for us. He uh, paid attention to, you know, if you look at those roving cameras and you, and you have to get, because uh, a lot of the news channels are just playing like a YouTube clip in the background. They don't actually have a live feed. And now I think uh, we have four live feeds uh we have uh deep sea rove one scandi rove one scandi rove two and q4000 rove one and they all kind of show the same picture but they have an overlay of data and that has to be some type of coordinates and they're all kind of the same like e one two zero three four twelve dot x north one zero four three one zero zero three and uh, so John Kitt started taking a look at this, and he says three of them are almost identical, but this uh, Q4000 Rove 1 is at 704412. What, what the hell is it shooting? It's shooting a whole different thing at a whole different location. If, if we could actually um, 
decipher what these E and N numbers are, which I can only presume is some type of geolocation, but it's in a whole different spot. So this, this, the whole thing well, is... that's a whole different code on that camera. That's possible. Well, but it's going by the... It's the same type of data readout. It just has very different numbers. It's not in the 120s. It's in the 70s. Well, whatever the case is, we're getting very poor coverage of any of this stuff. We don't know what's real, what's not real, where, where these cameras are. We got nothing. And the news... Get, well, meanwhile, you can have watch Glenn Beck go on a blackboard and give you all the details of, you know, John Madison's, you know, private life and how it relates to somebody today. <laughs> And with arrows flying all over the place, and we can't have any news reports or specials except people being interviewed. I mean, we have no facts. We, go, we know nothing. Maybe we should go down there, my friend. It won't help. They'll just roust us, and nobody will back us up. It's impossible. This whole thing is, is, is the worst scam I've ever seen. Now, you, of course, point out off, off the mic, and you would point it out more often, I'm sure, if you wanted to, is that half of Congress is in BP's pocket already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, including our president. So we can't, we're getting nothing. We're getting no information whatsoever. The whole thing is ridiculous. And the news media stinks. And uh, Kent Zeeser. Well, by the way, there will be a good book five years from now. Oh, yeah. be quite interesting. Oh, yeah. And it won't be ours. <laughs> Kent uh, Zeeser, producer out there, he says, oh, you know, I did, uh, I did a little bit of a number, uh, number crunching on BP's finances. So they established a $20 million escrow. They will pay $7 billion into it during 2010. But, of course, they're a British corporation. So they will have to adhere to, in operating in the U.S., so they have to adhere to GAAP, which means a generally accepted accounting principles, which means they will have to expense the entire $20 billion in the year accrued. Therefore, it will book a $20 billion expense, reducing their U.S. tax liability by $7 billion. <laughs> actually, they, actually, the President Obama so they make gave out him, on the deal. Yeah, they gave him a huge tax break. <laughs> Seven point nine five billion in net unfavorable tax receipts. <laughs> they totally win. What a great idea! Yeah, we're in the wrong business. I've said this from the beginning. Yeah, well, this is our destiny. What can I tell you? This is this is this is just how it's going to be for us. And now Tony Blair will come in. Yeah, that's the guy. Let's see, the guy who um, had uh, the documents sexed up to uh, send the British troops into uh, into Iraq. Yeah, that's the guy you want. The guy who has a 70-year moratorium on uh, Dr. Kelly being murdered. I'm sorry, uh, suicided. What am I thinking? Yeah, that's the guy you want running BP. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the, he's the economic hitman in this regard. And, and watch this poor male companion of uh, Lord Brown. He needs some... Oh, no, he's going he's gonna to suicide himself because yeah. he'll be distraught over yes. the publicity. Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. see this yeah, coming he's, down he's, Broadway. He's going down. He's going down. I do want to give a little shout-out to Gitmo Nation Down Under. Uh, big scandal unfolding there. As a 12-month trial of the police using tasers, which was used to justify, of course, arming every frontline officer... In, uh, this would be, is this New South Wales, I think? Uh, was, uh, let me just see where it was. I think it's New South Wales. Um, was characterized by a litany of misuses and abuses that were covered up by the police and the government because, of course, they wanted to have these pain weapons shepherded in, and they covered up, uh, a couple of, uh, 
interesting little abuses such as stunning a handcuffed child at a juvenile detention center, stunning two suicidal people covered in fuel, which, by the way, you don't want to be shooting electricity at someone when they're covered in gasoline, idiot, repeated tasering of a complaint compliant man who presented no threat and was surrounded by members of the riot squad this is actually one that's under investigation it's just it just the list goes on and on and on but they covered up the report because they wanted to have 30,000 cops with these taser guns yeah because the taser guy the company that makes the taser guns is you know behind the it's a good sale let's yeah, put it that way this old taser thing is just frightening to me it's it's a pain weapon and it's being, yeah, so it's just used to punish people. And it's being used at, at, at every... Well, it's just tased the fucker. Yeah, no, there's too many stories about old ladies getting tased and kids handcuffed getting tased and, you know, and one then, thing after another. And then we have uh, just a... And this emanates from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Oh, everyone is so compliant there. Hey, go orange! <sighs> there's a, a new European-wide initiative... It is a surveillance system that monitors conversations in public. (laughs) (laughs) It's called the SIGARD, S-I-G-A-R-D. It has already been installed in Dutch city centers, government offices, and prisons. And uh, recently, a test run of technology in Coventry. That would be Gibmo Nation East. Um, So the way it is, here's what their website says, uh, soundintel.com. 90% 90% of all incidents involving physical aggression are preceded by verbal aggression. The ability to spot verbal aggression before it turns oh, into a violent please. outbreak delivers yeah, valuable no, they're not time. They're interested in spying on you for stock tips. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. In Hackney in London, the system detected up to six crimes a night, including fights and guns being fired. Yeah? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. was there, it detected them? Did it do anything about it? Did it stop these crimes? No, of course it didn't. They detected it. Oh. Cigard's use is more widespread in the Netherlands, where the system's manufacturer is located. It's a fine Dutch company. According to the Sound Intelligence website, again, the system has been installed in the Amsterdam train station, central station, as well as police headquarters, has also been installed inside a number of prisons and the city centers of Dordrecht and Groningen, which are, by the way, Groningen is a huge uh, uh, university town. Dordrecht, right near uh, Rotterdam. Um, it's just unbelievable. They are, they are literally listening to what you're saying. They are just spying on you. Well, we have that perfect citizen thing in our country. Yeah, what is that? Uh, Eric the Shill sent that. I don't know over. what it is either. I mean, I looked at it. It's like, it's some, some, it's some, you know, the NSA, I've been watching all these specials and there's a thing on PBS and elsewhere about how, you know, the NSA could have stopped 9-11 because they knew this and they knew that, but they couldn't, they can't do anything that has anything to do with American citizens. And it was almost, almost like, let's find some more excuses so the NSA can like listen in and eavesdrop on everything we're doing, which, and by the way, curiously, they won't respond to any requests by Congress or anything else for any information. It's like a, 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 you know, it's like a, it's the CIA's got their one, they got an operation that they're kind of independent of everybody, and they're getting their money from drug running or whatever they do. And the NSA is like so secret, you don't even know what the heck's going on with them. And then they, if they, if they want, if someone wants to get information on them, they can't give it to them. I mean, it's the, that that's crazy. 
So now they're apparently looking at the uh, the, the power grid. They're giving the NSA the ability to monitor the uh, uh, coal plants and every you know all these specific uh, uh, power generating operations to see if they're going to be attacked. And right. The whole thing is sketchy, and they're talking about how the old plants are hooked to the Internet for oh, some Oh, yes, reason. the bad Internet is someone's going to hack in and take us all offline and leave us without power. Cause that, and it's that, all the Y2K kind of fear tactics, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's vague. Department of Homeland Security on their website, DHS.gov, has a great little report about this uh, fantastic device that could save our lives, John. Could save our lives. It is called the Cell All Initiative, spearheaded by the Department of Homeland Security's Science and Technology Directorate, known as S&T. Cell All will be included in your cell phone that has a sensor capable of detecting deadly chemicals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if it will do anything else, but it will detect deadly chemicals. This is bull. While the first warning is beamed to individuals, a grandmother taking a siesta, or a teenager hiking through the woods, the second warning works best with crowds, and that's where the genius of sell-all lies. Some guy farts and the thing goes (laughs) off. Exactly. In crowdsourcing human safety. Who writes this stuff? (laughs) Oh, my God. In contrast, this is, I mean, could you, in contrast, anywhere a chemical that breaks out, a mall, a bus, subway or office sell all will alert the authorities automatically yeah we've got a co2 emitter over there on second street go arrest that fucker detection identification and notification all take place in less than 60 seconds because the data are delivered digitally clear sell all reduces the chance of human error Uh uh-huh and by activating alerts from many people at once sell all cleverly avoids the long-standing problem of false negatives but what about privacy? Does this always-on surveillance mean that the government can track your precise whereabouts wherever it wants? Ooh, to the contrary. <laughs> this is great stuff. Sell-all will operate only on an opt-in basis and will transmit data anonymously. <laughs> well, there's the laugh of the decade. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. It's bogus. There's no, there's no device that can do this. Really? No. If you're in a, in a chem lab and you want to, you know, analyze. John, what are you in- talking about? The science is in. We have the science. It's a complex process. You can't have some little thing in a cell phone doing anything. S&T has the science. Are you denying? Are you a denialist, John? I'm a denialist. Are you a denialist about the science? And the thing would cost a fortune. I got a note from... uh, There's two things I want to do, and then please, please get us out of here with something fun. Um, I I got nothing. (laughs) Don't you have any more clips? Don't you have some? I got a clip, but it's not funny. Uh, All right. Well, let me me do something. I'll Uh, I'll start recording uh, old Milton Berle material. Our guy deep inside of Schiphol Airport sent me a note. Uh, He's he's deep, deep inside. He says uh, the RFID test. Remember they were doing RFID on bags and stuff? Uh, They stopped that, apparently. It It didn't work well. It cost too much and didn't really give them any bang for the buck. However... 
the uh, body scanners are finally being installed there. Uh, 75 body scanners in total. Uh, and guess what? They have a huge storage system. All images will be stored. Aha! Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can say about it because... So they lied. Yes, he's our deep throat inside, and we don't want to put him in any peril. Uh, but yeah, a huge storage system, uh, not a problem, it's all going to be stored. And of course, it's been, you know, didn't the, the chief exec of American Airlines say, uh, I read, it was kind of, it was Twittered differently, I think, than the way he actually said it, but I think he was out there saying um, all passengers who fly in American Airlines will have to go through a full body scanner. You know the thing that gives you cancer and shows you nuts. That yeah. thing, yeah. Hey, this guy's got some. That guy's got a big one. What, hey, G, hey, Jim, come over here. Check this guy out. Look at the size of that. <laughs> uh, but that's nothing compared to the. Uh, and and you. This is this is the last one I got. This is nothing compared to the car X-ray, the portable car X-ray now being implemented in upstate New York, Schenectady, I believe. Oh, it's connected. He needs it. And who is operating this? The Goldman military. <laughs> no, the, no, they own it. The military. The military is on the street. That's against the Constitution. Oh, yeah? Well, shut up, slave. Listen. In tonight's Fox Focus, the New York National Guard has been part of missions around the world, but they also have a very important one right here at home. It's to keep the drugs off our local streets. Their technology and training is now free to local police departments and agencies if they want it. As Fox 23's Kristen Lama explains, no one's been turned away if they ask for help. Dust and desert, the images most equate with the New York National Guard on the front lines in the Middle East fighting the war on terror. These images are pictures of another fight, a fight here at home. The war on drugs is an ongoing war. Our people are committed to this fight. It's a domestic fight. They firmly believe in it. The New York National Guard's counter-drug task force providing not only the people, but the equipment law enforcement may need to make drug arrests and seizures. We can go right on the scene with this or, or into a car. You can sniff around with it or you can take a swab of a surface and put it into the machine and it'll tell you what it is. Using ionization, counter-drugs machines can detect chemicals, explosives, narcotics on money, weapons, even fabric. A simple swab can tell you if that surface had contact with those substances. Nothing. Nothing. And a simple sweep of an undercarriage or a scan of a car can help find drugs or weapons being brought. This thing is amazing, by the way. You drive up onto like a little bridge and then this, this thing scans your car for drugs and weapons. What is going on here? And it, and it's operated by the military. In Schenectady. <laughs> it's a test. Only a test. But they keep it the Canadians. They, they must be expecting an invasion from Canada. But it, I agree with you. It is unconstitutional. The, uh, the, the National Guard, I think, is not allowed to do this. They can be called out in, in, in certain situations that are emergency situations. That, yeah, as routine, Schenectady, Schenectady, as emergency, police. Emergency. I, I think this is completely illegal. But the thing is, what is this gear? What are they trying to sell us now? What piece of crap are, is is the, are the local municipalities who have no money? There's no tax income coming well, they're, in. They're, they're saying that it's free. It's free, and the National it's Guard free is bull. <laughs> it's free. It's free. Yeah, free once. It's free. Will you borrow it. It's like a sample. Try it. Hey, man. Why Hey, why don't you take that home and smoke that? And uh, if you want some more free, come back to me, okay? 
And by the way, there's, there is, there's a known fact that's been studied. All money has traces of cocaine on it in the United States, almost all the money in circulation. So yeah, they, uh, so you go to jail, slave. You got coke so on you. Basically, you can pull anybody over and swab your money, and you're going to get some traces of cocaine, and you're going to be thrown in the slammer. Mm-hmm. That sounds like what's going on. Yep. But they're also looking for your guns. This is also a gun thing. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, they want to make sure you got no guns. And it's perfectly legal to carry a gun in your car as long as the the. The, as long as you have a license and uh, as long as the... Uh, well, in some places, you don't even need a license. Not all states require a license for a gun, for, a, for uh, a visible gun. I'm sure, well, yeah, but to, you, to carry a concealed weapon, that's when that's places different. like California need a license. Yeah. But you can, you can carry, even in California, you can have a, a gun in your car as long as the uh, uh, ammunition is not loaded in it. I don't know if that's true. I think yeah, you I do. I, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. Yeah. I thought it could be loaded. Oh, no, I don't think it can be loaded. I think if it's in a, in a holster and visible, it can be loaded. I'm um, hmm, not sure about that. Well, of course, nobody knows because nobody discusses these things. We have to get some of our gun people to come in and say, well, what's the deal? We Actually, what we'd like is a grid. Somebody out there who's an NRA person that knows all the We've details. We've got a guy who works at Apple who's an A big, open- giant grid would be handy for people to have. We could post it. Yeah, one of our... Uh- one of our producers is uh, an engineer at Apple, um, and he's an open carry guy. And, yeah, he would know all that stuff. Yeah, he would know. He'll tell me. He'll tell me. All right, let me wind up on two uh, lighter notes, John. Uh, we, as we were discussing earlier, uh, the DNA and makeup of mice is very similar to, uh, to the human uh, DNA, correct? Yeah, well, it's similar enough that you can test drugs on mice. Oh, good. Well, we have a very important study uh, done in... Uh, Gitmo Nation East, female mice, by deleting one gene, can be turned lesbian. Hmm. Professor Park now hopes to investigate whether the... I never e- heard of lesbian mice. <laughs> well, the, sim- <coughs> the simple procedure causes the modified mice to reject the advances of their male counterparts and attempt to mate with fellow females. That would be pretty lesbian to me. By the way, this has got to be a joke. The gene, uh, it's got to be a gag. The gene is, is called... Is this in the onion? No, it's the telegraph. Oh, same thing. Researchers found that disabling the F-U-C-M gene... Oh, F-U-C... <laughs> which, in, which influences the levels of estrogen to which the brain is exposed caused the mice to behave as if they were males as they grew up. Professor Park now hopes to investigate whether the enzyme produced by the gene, Fucose mutora. Uh, muterotase has any influence on human sexuality, but he conceded it may be very difficult to find willing volunteers. <laughs> well, they should come to San Francisco. <laughs> no, no, he needs straight women to test it on. Oh. His most recent findings have been published, however, in the BMC Genetics Journal. So, yeah, you know, I love it. I love all this. This is a great test. This will help humankind. Who's paying for this research? <laughs> this is stupid. All right. And I, and I will make you happy by uh, playing you a montage of CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer recently was on a Celebrity Jeopardy episode. For those of you who don't know, Jeopardy is, I think it's around the world now, Jeopardy. Uh, oh, yeah. Where you have to answer it's in the form of a question. And uh, he lost $5,000. And here's a montage of his answers. Yay for Wolf Blitzer. Here's the host of the Situation Room, journalist Wolf Blitzer. The name of this pasta, similar to penny, means 
little mustaches. Doesn't sound so tasty now. Wolf. What is fettuccine? No. King no. David and Jesus both hailed from this town. Wolf. What is uh, Jerusalem? No. An accused person in court, along with his counsel. Wolf. What is a defendant? No. From a larger work. Wolf. Annotated? No. Add one of this five-letter word that refers to an economic crash and the fear-driven rush to sell. Wolf. What is a crash? No. Wolf, things have not worked out as well as you had hoped for, I'm Sure. <laughs> what a douchebag! <laughs> That's know funny. Anything. Half he of those things are quite easy to know. He didn't know any. What is uh, what is the uh, he, defendant? I thought it was defendant. What is that? Plaintiff. Plaintiff, of course. Plaintiff. And, and what the other was, was Nazareth? That's where. Yeah, Jesus. Nazareth. And what was the pasta? Uh, I think it's rigatoni. Rigatoni. Sure. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was the uh, yeah rigatoni. I thought the one it was that looks like a bow tie. Yes, exactly. What Which a might douche. not be good, but it's, he, it's what comes to mind. But it wasn't definitely wasn't fettuccine. Fettuccine. <laughs> the guy's like the guy can read prompter. Okay, he is not a journalist. He doesn't. He did green screen when he pretended to be in Iraq. <laughs> Douche. All right. That's well. At least I had something funny for you there at the end. So um, I don't know. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we better get out of here. But- while we're still ahead, while people are yeah, still thinking leave. of Wolf Blitzer, I got to look up Rigatoni now. I was thinking uh, there was a maybe there's a report that I could play at the end of the show. I forget there was something long and funny. That nah, was too long. What was the one that you were talking about? The ten minute uh, CB radio thing? No, 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 not that. It was something else. Uh, uh, we we'll played after the next show. We got Sunday coming up. Yeah, big show on Sunday, and it's a big day for the world. Sunday. Yeah, because we got the big. The oh big right, match. We, yeah, we have Spain. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We have Spain winning, so they don't riot in the streets. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. I think <laughs> it's going to be by a big score. That'll be my bonus prediction. Okay. I, I'm, I'm. You say bonus prediction, big score. I say penalties, and they choke. The Dutch choke on penalties. That I, that, that you might you might nail it because the, the way that Spain plays is to not score anything. Either side, it's right? A, yeah, that's that's game. that's the easiest way to rig it. Yeah, and then yeah, you just right. have, you have yeah. zero zero, and then you blow it at the end, and that's the easiest way to rig it. But I still would like to see uh, the Netherlands punished because <laughs> they can't put a government together and get back on track for the EU. <laughs> yeah, you guys are not on board with the program. Get the Christian Democrats running the Ministry of Justice so we can have a government already. Okay. All right, coming to you from uh, Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Hello? Hello? John? <laughs> John? Did I lose you at the very end of the show? Apparently. Do you, can you got me now? Yeah, say goodbye. Yeah, D- Dvorak here, Northern Silicon Valley. Next uh, Sunday, <laughs> see you then. Right here on No Agenda.